On today's court version, I have professional basketball player Henry French. This is a great interview with Henry. This is a story about perseverance and prevailing and not don't stop believing in your dreams. Awesome interview with Henry. This will be the full episode today. Let's go. Too Today is Tuesday, October 1st. We're well, we're coming into the fall time of the year, and I have a great interview for you guys today. It's actually a two part series. This is the first part of Henry French's story. This is an excellent, excellent story about Henry and his perseverance of where he came from and how he got to where he was, um, and how a young man that didn't even play on his high school team made it to the pros of playing basketball. Awesome, awesome story. This is the first part of Henry's story. I hope you guys enjoy. All right. Today on Court Vision, we welcome on Henry French, a professional basketball player. How's it going, Henry? It's going great, Jeff. How are things going your way? It's going great, man. I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate you and uh, making time for me. Oh, no problem. Thank you for inviting me, man. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to have you on. I'm excited to hear about your basketball career and your story and uh, how you're, uh, where you're go- up to these days and where you're going to end up going. Um, okay. All right, you ready? Yep. All right, so Henry, when when did you decide basketball was for the sport for you? And like, you know, at what age did you realize that this was the sport you was gonna take you to on your professional career? Um, I was actually in high school, and so uh, growing up, I actually um, growing up in Chicago, I actually played baseball as my primary sport. And um, love the game of baseball. Um, and I was a smaller kid right now. I stand at about 6'3", but um, I didn't hit my growth spurt until, like, my junior year in high school. And so, um, you know, the smaller kids weren't really picked, or if you were picked, you were picked last. But in baseball, if we also had a baseball field on the same field as the basketball courts, and I would always be picked first. And I would always play better in baseball. So I kind of played that up until eighth grade. And then uh, my freshman year, uh, I played basketball. I didn't try out for the baseball team. And I made baseball. And um, in the area that I live in, baseball was the biggest sport. Like, uh, this is a – I mean, I'm not baseball. Basketball was the biggest sport. So this is kind of like a basketball town. And uh, – the next two three cities over like basketball just runs the area and so I kind of fell in love with that um but also just the emotion that the game brought like I played in multiple championships growing up in baseball and uh, I lost and that would be the only time that emotion would get drawn for me is when I lose you know what I'm saying I would get sad yeah but with basketball it would be at any moment in the game you know, you can uh, you can just get a, a rush of emotion and, and adrenaline, and I didn't really get that from baseball. And so that's one thing that kind of geared me toward basketball. But I think the biggest thing was um, me getting cut in high school my sophomore, junior, and senior year. And so it kind of turned into that that situation where, you know, you, you like a girl in high school and 
she doesn't like you, but you like her so much that you're you're going to keep trying to get her and you're going to do whatever you can to get her. It kind of turned into that for me. Um, I was just determined to prove that I belong in this game. And so, because when I would get cut, the coach would say, if you want to know why you got cut, just come to me afterwards and ask. And so I would, and his answer would always be, I just feel like I have 15 to 16 players who are better than you. And so for me, it wasn't, yeah. So for me, it wasn't, um, you didn't do this or you can't, uh, your grades aren't good enough. For me, it's you're, you're telling me I'm not good enough. You don't believe that I'm good enough. And I knew I was good enough. My peers knew I was good enough. I guess I just wasn't good enough for that coach. And so that for, for a long time, basketball for me was about proving him wrong and proving to myself that I did belong. And so since I didn't play uh, high school basketball, the only basketball that I got during that time was AAU. Wow. And if and you're, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, so, wow. So I can't, so I'm, I'm shocked as, you know, just to hear that a coach a, I'm a basketball coach myself, so anytime a kid were to ask me if they would be cut, you know, you just you would give them a solid reason, like, oh, you need to work on defense. But, you know, yeah, I, you know, I, that's shocking. That's very shocking to me. And I, you know, first of all, you know, and, and that that's what that's what I was looking for. You know, like something to just tell me something about my game that you didn't like that made you cut me. But he never could. He would just say. I just feel like I have 16 guys better than you. And I knew for a fact, like, that wasn't true, you know? So yeah. that's, what, that's what drove me. I used to, I used to write in a journal, uh, prove Coach such and such wrong, prove Coach, like, a hundred times because, like, it, it really meant that much to me. And it stuck with me probably all throughout college. Like, I didn't leave that mentality alone. Like, I need to prove him wrong until I – I didn't leave that mentality alone until I, I left college. So that's that's that was my driving force in basketball for a long time. Wow, that's that's amazing. And so you played a lot of so you said you mentioned you were saying that you played A AU. Yeah, that was the only basketball that I had at that time. And you know, that's not the most fundamental way to play. So it was kinda like I was I, I wasn't starting off on the right foot, you know, because I'm used to up and down um, alley-oops being thrown and fast pace, not so much half-court offense. So that's what I was used to. So going into college and, you know, trying to walk on uh, at, a, at my Division two Livingstone, that's the first school I went to. I wasn't used to a lot of the a lot of the terminology in basketball. I wasn't used to just uh, some of the common sense things that you would have learned in high school. I wasn't used to that because and at our AAU, it was like, if your man can't guard you, we're going to give you the ball. You have the mismatch. Go by him and then make a play from there. You know, you can go by him to either score or make a play for somebody else. But if he can't guard you, we're going through you. We're not really running too many plays because we were really good on defense. So we we're turning a lot of teams over and we're just going out and running. That was our, that was our offense. Wow. So it's more it was more of a one on one situation. Beside me, you know, and the up and down more than, the, you know, going into like a college where it's more system and getting used to that, playing like that. Yeah. Yep. So you try to walk on at Livingston, Livingston College, is that what you said? 
Mm-hmm. Livingstone in uh, North Carolina. It's a Division II NCAA. And did, how did that work out for you? Now, did you end up making it or did you end up not making it? So my first year that I was there, um, I actually went to a summer bridge program, which uh, is for kids who are academically um, not eligible ineligible to just be accepted into the school so you have to go through the summer bridge program and once you complete that program you'll be accepted and able to attend the university and so i did that and during the summer bridge program they actually had a a students versus staff game and for the longest the staff would always win because the staff was made up of men's basketball players who of course were staying over summer to work out but they would work for the summer bridge so you know coming high school players you weren't going to beat college players who are used to playing with each other and are much bigger than you my my uh summer bridge year we were actually probably one of the first to beat them and when we did the coach from the team was actually in attendance and, you know, he saw my athleticism. He saw my defense. I, I was knocking down three-pointers at a good rate. And so he invited us to come uh, to come and watch practice with the team that year because because of the reason we were in summer bridge, we were academically ineligible our freshman year automatically. So yes. uh, he just invited us to watch. And at the end of that season, he said, you know, I would love for you guys to come back out and uh, try to walk on next year and so I did the same thing going into my sophomore year and um, like I said he decided uh, he decided to redshirt me because of uh, what he told me was I don't know if you're ready for the college game yet because uh, you're not used to this flow of basketball you know going from high school to college is very sped up and it's much more um, IQ involved it's not just talent is beating the less talented now it's who, you know, who's a better team. And so all pieces have to work together. And so I didn't really have that college feel for the game yet because of my lack of playing in high school. And so I could have went back my junior year, but I decided to not go back and actually return home uh, to Chicago, to the Chicago area. And, uh, I tried out for junior college, and that was actually the first time I had played basket, organized basketball since my freshman year in high school, my third year in college. Wow. So you – and then you went to the, coll- the College of Lake County. That's yeah, community college. the College of Lake County. And the thing about that was not many people were used to going there with intentions of getting something from their basketball watch. You know, most people, if they go there, they're just thinking, okay, I'm going to go and play there just so I can play. Yeah. I, I wanted to get a scholarship to, to move on from there. And I'm, I'm already at my junior year, so it's like it was, it was do or die for me there, kind of. Yeah, yeah, understandable. So what was, like, what did the coach say to you when you tried out and made the team? Did he have a talk with you one-on-one? Like, what was the, how did the conversation go from there? Uh, so I actually showed up. It was two days of tryouts, and – uh, I actually showed up at the end of tryouts on the first day because I thought the time that it ended was the time that it started. And so as I'm walking in the gym, uh, one of my friends is walking out and he's like, what are you doing here? He's like, you're late. You missed the tryouts. And so I'm 
in my mind, I'm like, well, there's no way I'm going to make the team now. I, I missed the first day. And yeah. so I go talk to the coach. And crazy enough, he was one of the high, he was our rival high school coach. He was our rival coach in high school. And so wow. he, he coached for the, the rival high school. And when I told him the high school that I went to, he said, well, I, I'm, I, I'm very familiar with that school, but I don't think I've ever seen you. And I told him, I said, I never played in high school. And he said, okay, well, you know, you can show up tomorrow and show me what you got. And I think he, he sounded very doubtful. I'm not going to lie that, yeah. that, you know, I would impress him. But when I got there, the thing about junior college versus division two is um, you don't have to be as skilled to make a junior college roster or you don't, your, your IQ doesn't have to be all the way there yet. You know, if you ever watch a junior college game, it's, it's not so much AAU, but it's almost AAU in, in a sense that it's it's kind of up and down, uh, not so much half court, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, I, I know. I went to a community college myself and actually watched a couple of the games. Exactly. And so in that yeah. setting around that time, I thrived uh, because I was an athlete and I was a defender. And so if you have somebody who can get out in the open floor and, and finish, and I was great at finishing in transition, and you have somebody who you can put on – the point guard, shooting guard, small forward, and even sometimes power forward, if they're a, a smaller power forward, then that's probably somebody, you know, that you can use on your team. And that's what I was, and that's what I showed the second day of tryouts. And so, uh, by the grace of God, I, I made that team. And that, like I said, that was the first team I had made since my freshman year of high school. And so my freshman year of high school was 2008, 2009, and now junior college, this is 2014, 2015. So I went five, almost six years without playing organized basketball. And now here I am, I'm getting my first shot. And uh, he, he, I, he loved what he saw uh, the second day of tryouts. Not only did I make the team, I, I made the starting lineup. Wow, that's that's insane. That's absolutely insane. So you didn't play for six years, and all of a sudden you come onto this community college team, and you're a <laughs> and starter. What, what like, made it, <laughs> yeah, and what made it all the more sweet was all of the guys who were trying out was from that high school era that I got cut in. No, <laughs> <laughs> and I made it, and I made it over all of those guys. You see what I'm saying? Not only did I make it over them, now I'm starting over you as well. That's that's amazing. Which is also that's that's bittersweet. And I wish your uh, the high school coach at the time was there, just like just to see you or know that you were on it. The team that that coach that cut yeah. you. Yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm sure be. he heard of it because we would make the paper, um, we would make the 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 uh, local county paper, and we would be on the front of the sports page. And I'm I'm sitting there. I I have at least four or maybe five clips where I'm on the front of the sports page, and he. That coach from my high school years, he actually coached at the rival high school that my junior coach, my junior college coach coached at. So I know they talked and I know, you know, I, I know there was a connection there. So I know he's he seen it somehow. But at that point, I wasn't so much worried about him seeing it or proving him wrong anymore. Now I was worried about furthering my career because another interesting story is the first day of practice for my junior college, 
our coach said, there are no professional players here on this team. I want you guys to get that out of your mind. Like, none of you are probably going to go pro. And it was shocking to me because that's not something you tell your players. Like, we, we all aspire to go to get to the highest level we can. And so for you to, on the first day of practice, to try to – I understood what he was trying to do. He was trying to humble us and, yeah. you know, show us, like, you're a junior college team. Just calm down. But – I don't I don't think that was the best way to go about it. And so now now I have new motivation. Like you don't think any of your players are going to play pro and I have the strongest desire and determination to take this game as far as I can. So now it's not about proving my old high school coach wrong. Now it's about proving my my current junior college coach wrong. I'm going to make it pro and I'm going to show you Oh, my God. So it's like I feel like you just get stuck with these coaches that are just, uh, you know, I don't know if that that sounded like almost like you try to use a motivational tool, but I sounded like it was going to backfire on them because I feel like a lot that puts a lot of guys down. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's what I, I, I understood what, what he was trying to do. Like I said, he was trying to humble us, but I just don't think that that was a good way to go about it. Like, if anything, you could have just said, Hey guys, this is not Division One NCAA. You're not going to be on TV. I don't want you out here showboating. This is junior college. Yeah, because you can still go Division One from junior college. And yeah, exactly. On from there, exactly. So I just it, it was that that was I I just think that that moment happened specifically for me. Yes. I honestly believe that that moment happened specifically for me. Like, here's another motivational tool for you. Use it and run with it. Yeah. And did you write that in your journal as well, too, on top of what the other coach told you? <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I didn't write that down, but I think I mentioned it. I'm not I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think I mentioned it in my docu-series. I'll watch episode two. I'll fully finish watching episode two and I'll see if you mentioned it. I'll have to text you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my I This is crazy. So now – I so I did research on you and I read an article about you. So you're at the College of Lake County. You lead them. Mm -hmm. This is a specific word that says you led them to its first postseason. What was that like? Um, that that specific game was probably top three games that I've ever played in, and it, it's crazy. So for the past three years um going back to that time for the past three years they played the same team the first round of the junior college uh national playoffs they played carl sandberg community college um not sure where they're from but they played them three years that would that would have been our third year in in a row in the previous two years carl sandberg literally wiped the floor with them so it was like one and done almost for for uh college of lake county going into the uh college playoffs so nobody really expected anything of us but we did so great that season um we finished one game from winning conference and that was the first time my coach had won 20 games in a season and we finished one game away from conference champions and it wasn't that we lost the game the game that we needed to win uh to be conference champions we won that game we just needed another team to lose, and they ended up winning. And so they were the conference champions. And so going into that game, that is actually – this is actually in my docu-series. We were down 20 points at halftime, and it looked like the same story was going to repeat. 
And so we go in the locker room and my coach, and this is where I can give him credit for being a good coach. He told us one of the most important things you can tell a team when you're down 20. He said, nobody's going to hit a 20-point shot to bring us back. You guys just have to focus on taking off little chunks and little chunks and little chunks at a time. And before you know it, you're going to look up and we're going to be in the game. And so that's what we did. We just focused on defense and getting stops and getting out in transition and doing what we do best. And honestly, before we knew it, we were down five. And at that point, specifically when we were down five, that's when everything turned and it was just lights out from there. I got, that was probably one of my craziest dunks that I did. Um, at that point, when we were down five. We got a stop, uh, got out in transition. And that was probably one of the only times I have on film of me jumping from outside of the lane, like outside of the paint area. I took, I caught the ball and took about one dribble from outside the three-point line. And I just gathered and jumped. And I, I just decided in my head, whatever happens is going to happen. I just need to make something happen. And when I dunked, I think all the energy from the gym and the crowd and from my teammates on the bench cheering, I think that got everybody on the floor just so riled up that we just used that energy and we took it and ran with it because the very next play, so now I dunked, remember we were down five, so now we're down three from being down 20 at halftime. And this is only at about the 10 minute mark. So we wiped away probably 20 points or at this point, 17 points in 10 minutes. That's crazy. And so, at this point, we get another stop, and now we're going down the floor. My teammate, he was probably the best shooter in junior college that season. But on this specific night, he was about 0 for 10 at this point. And so he's on the left wing coming down in transition, and he runs all the way around to the right wing to the three-point line. As soon as he catches the ball, you can see it on film. He doesn't even look at the rim. He catches and releases, and it's all net. And now we're tied. This is This is coming from a guy who was – 0 for 10, but he had that much confidence, and we had that much confidence in him. And once we tied the game, it was it, it was over from there. Like, they actually went up seven again, but it's like, okay, you're up seven. But that's not any – you were just up 20, so the seven points in about seven minutes, like, that's not – we didn't – we didn't – we weren't rattled anymore. We didn't panic. We took, we took that seven-point lead away. And what made that game so special is now – we are down – we're down one. It's about, I want to say, maybe 40 seconds left in the game, so they have to try to score. You know, they can't just hold the ball. And their point guard, he tries to make a play. He drives baseline. He tries to kick it to the wing, but he threw the ball literally right in front of me. Like, I didn't make a move to go steal a ball. I turned around, and he threw the ball literally right in front of me. And now it's about – uh, so maybe it was less time than 40 seconds because at the time I grabbed the ball, it was four seconds left on the clock. Wow. And the only person that can stop me was the person I was guarding. And the person I was guarding just so happened to be the person that I dunked on. And so when we're racing down the court, he didn't really want to jump with me, but it's playoffs and you got to give your all. So he kind of half jumped. And because he did that, I was able to lay the ball in with a second left. And so now we're up one, one second left, coming from down 20, and they can't advance the ball. I don't, I'm not sure why, but they, uh, they can't advance the ball. 
So now they have to score from full court with one second left. And we have a 6'10", third-team All-American on our team. So he's guarding the ball, you know. Yeah. And, like, yeah, so basically they couldn't score. They threw the ball. We actually intercepted, stole the pass. And uh, you see it on video. I actually dropped down just from all the emotion and things that was going on in that game. I finished that game with, like, 30 points. Uh, a, a number of rebounds and steals. It was just an incredible feeling. Um, and that was actually like, that's one of my top three favorite games of all time, just because of everything we went through. And because of, like you said, I, I, I was instrumental in helping CLC, uh, the College of Lake County, I'm sorry, get their first postseason victory in, uh, in a number of, I think at that point it was about 10 years. So they haven't had a postseason win in over a decade. And I was instrumental in that. Me, the same guy who wasn't good enough to make his high school team and had to get red-shirted his first two years in college. And now I come here and, and, and I help do this for the school. So that, that was easily, just because of the moment and everything behind the story, easily top three favorite games to play your, your basketball story so far is what you're telling me. It it sounds it sounds like something like it should be a movie. <laughs> and this is this is the reason I made the docu series yeah. because I'm like people people have to see this and my my whole and so now um now present day my whole reason for continuing to push is for kids who are watching just because you know a coach tells you you're not good enough I I didn't I didn't think about it then but I I realize it now I'm just quote unquote not good enough for your team it's not that I'm I'm not good enough of a basketball player to play high school basketball I just for some reason I don't fit on your team so I just want kids to be persistent and show them that as long as you keep trying eventually you're going to get it you know you're not you may not succeed your first time and for me I didn't succeed my first second third fourth or fifth time trying out for teams you know I got cut literally five times in a row well I got red shirted the the fifth year but to me it was the same thing you know I wasn't good enough to make the roster so I, I got cut um and again I actually had to I don't want to say lower myself but I went from a division two to a juco just to prove that I, I am good enough to play this game of basketball and I can make a difference on teams that I play yeah, you and I, I would I would say I made a heck of a difference that year. I actually got first team all conference. That's coming from <laughs> coming from a kid who I got first team all conference and second team all region. Coming from the same kid who was not good enough to play high school basketball, and a lot of the kids who were on that team. Um, just to give you an idea, the level of basketball I have played at professionally, there's only two players. Um, since, since I was a freshman in high school, there's only been two players to ever play at my level or higher. And that's Lindsay L. Smith, who was a ESPNU top 100 player and uh, one of Ohio State's best players. Yep. And Malik, Malik Yarbrough, who played Division One at Illinois State, and he now plays professionally overseas as well. So two players out of uh, 16 players make a roster every year, so that's 32, what is it, 64 players. Two players out of 64 have made it to the level that I've made it to. 
That's just that's, just from being persistent. So that that's unbelievable. So you're obviously you are a hard worker. You're a grinder. Like you're you're a type of guy that and your persistence and your like you know you just you're unbelievable. Like I I'm like we're not even halfway through your career and I'm like loving the stories that you tell me. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah, it, it, and it's just a story of being triumphant and, and being persistent for, for the most part, like, and, and not taking no for it. You're not going to tell me I'm not good enough. Doesn't matter your skill level. Like I said, I started, I, I started taking basketball seriously my freshman year and I made the team. And at that point I wasn't used to getting cut. So my confidence was high. Of course, getting cut, it lowers your confidence, it lowers your self-esteem. And so I battled with that for a lot of years, but after that, like after I made the uh, team at CLC and getting all my accolades and, and that specific game versus Carl Sandberg, like I was at an all time high and then, you know, and what made it even better was that I went to the only junior college in, in the County. And so everybody was watching. That's amazing too. That's also a better feeling because everyone knows who you are. <laughs> Yeah. And so that after that season, I got recruited for the first time. And it was the that was the best feeling in the world, getting recruited to go to a school, because, mind you, I'm used to going to schools or going to places and trying out. Now I'm I'm in a situation where I don't even have to try out like you're coming to me with a scholarship opportunity and you're asking me to be a part of your program because you like what you see in me as a basketball player. Now it was only a Division II NAIA school, but still, That's to be to have a scholarship opportunity in front of me from a kid who didn't play high school basketball, not because I didn't want to, not because my grades weren't good enough, but because I was quote unquote not good enough to make the team. To be in that situation, it was it was very humbling, um, and it it just lifted my spirits. And I I honestly if if anyone knew me around that time, I, I gave credit to nothing but God. Because it, 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 the way you're shocked right now, I was shocked then, and it made no sense to me. It made no sense at all to me. Like, how is this happening to me? I don't understand. I know I'm persistent. I know that I keep working on basketball, but I'm in the gym with everyone, you know, like <laughs> I'm in the gym with a lot of guys, and, and not too many guys get this opportunity. So, so why me? And I feel like it was me because I'm the type of person who's going to tell my story to a younger generation or to some kid and is going to spark their mind, spark their brain or spark their heart and push them further. Yeah. I mean, I'm hearing the story and like, even though, you know, I'm, I'm past my basketball career, <laughs> but you know, I hear it and it makes me want to work harder in what I do now too. Like, you know, it's, it, it and, and it's, that's the thing it's applicable, it's applicable to, every aspect of life you yes. know, just because you get told no at something does not mean you're not good enough and a lot of times we think that you know if you go in a job interview and they say uh we're going in a different direction you think your resume and your background isn't good enough for that position and honestly it, it's not it that job just isn't for you it wasn't meant for you it wasn't meant for me to make that high school team because maybe if i did i get big-headed and, you know, I don't work as hard for, uh, towards my craft and I'm, I may not make it as far. And then I look back and and all I did was play high school basketball. So maybe that's what could have happened. 
you know, so we, we never know. But uh, that that's just my biggest thing with life is just persistence and working hard towards anything you want. And I believe that if you continue to work hard for it, it'll pay off. Definitely. I, I fully agree with you on that. And, you know, just hearing from, you know, what you've had to deal with and where you are now is it's unbelievable that these are like, like you said, God has, and I think God has a funny way of like how testing us in life and making things work out for us. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and that, I, that, and that was my biggest thing was uh, God's plan and God's timing. So everything's going to work when it's supposed to work. And as humans, we're not used to that. Like we want things when we want it and, and how we want it. And we have this story of how our life is supposed to play out. And so when something goes wrong, we immediately just get deflated and we don't think, okay, maybe there's something better in store for me. I honestly can say I would pass up playing high school basketball to be in the moments that I've been in in life. Like it, it's humbling. I, my first, my first experience playing basketball overseas, and I don't mean to skip ahead in my career, but my no. first experience playing basketball overseas was playing in the top league in Greece. And when I got off the plane, I was greeted by the general manager of the team and an a interviewer. So as I'm walking out of the airport, they're doing an interview and taking pictures of me. And in my head, I'm just like, I don't belong in this position, just knowing my background. So it was, it was very humbling, you know. And like I said, everything is God's plan and God's timing. And so if we can just get that in our minds, we'll be a lot better at dealing with rejection. That That's that's true. That's very true. I, I fully agree with you. I, I've been through some hardships and career-wise, but, no, I think every, every God has a, God's plan and God's timing has everything to do with it. Yeah. Um, so we'll jump back and then we'll get, we'll jump back to the, uh, your, your time at Trinity, right? And was that the only school that recruited you in the NIA, NAIA? Um, I actually got recruited into AA Division II first. Um, I got recruited by, I don't even, honestly, I don't remember the, I'm trying so hard to, it was a Division II in Minnesota. Um, okay. and they wanted me, but they didn't. The, the amount they were offering for the scholarship, my biggest thing at that point was I want my parents to pay the least amount of money for school as they can. Because you got to think for my first three years going to college, I'm not on scholarship. So my parents have taken out loans. And so that was my biggest thing, which I don't think a lot of kids think about that. But it should be that should be a driving force for you to not have your parents paying for school because that's less, you know, college debt that you have to deal with afterwards. Yeah. And so I had, I had one, uh, I had maybe two division twos, uh, the one in Minnesota and I believe one in uh, Texas. And I, I thought for a day, literally a day that I was going to go division one. I, I sent out um, my highlights from college, from, from junior college and my uh, just, uh, just a brief, kind of story to Florida A&M, which is a division one historically black college slash university. And I got a, I got a reply from the assistant coach. I used to, that's what I used to do. I used to, <laughs> I used to go on teams, athletic websites and email every single coach. And I actually would fill out the player recruitment form 
And I didn't know that that wasn't like a thing to do until I got to Trinity. And I asked my coach, does he look at the player recruitment forms? And he, he laughed and said, no, like you usually don't get the best players. Players aren't going to fill out forms and ask you to come to them. They're going to wait for you to come to them, you know, or they're not going to ask to come to you. They're going to wait for you to come to them. And so I wasn't used to that. Like I said, I, I, I had never been recruited. So I was always used to doing the asking and the recruiting myself. And so he actually said that he, he liked my film, the, uh, the, coach, the assistant coach at Florida A&M. He said he liked my film and he wanted me to send my transcripts so they can move forward with the recruiting process. And so I'm thinking, okay, I got good grades. Uh, he likes my film. There's, there's nothing else that can really change this. I'm going to play Division One, And the very next day, the head coach emailed me. And when I saw the email, I knew the head coach's name. So I was, uh, I was immediately ecstatic. Like, I'm thinking for sure I'm going Division One. And when I opened the email, he says that they just gave out their last uh, full-ride scholarship or not, not even full. He didn't say full-ride, but they just gave out their last scholarship and that um, I wouldn't be able to be, you know, recruited by them on scholarship, that I was welcome to come to the school and walk on if I wanted to, which um, I could have if going to Division One meant that much to me. But like I said, what meant the most was my parents not paying for school anymore. That's and a so that's your family man. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'll, I, I like to see the bigger picture. And so yes. that's how I ended up at Trinity. Um, the coach there, he was really, he was really, really uh, heavy on recruiting me. He would call me every day, text me multiple times a day. He's the only coach I actually seen in person. He took me on a recruiting visit. He has a funny story about us going to IHOP and me not finishing my food, but honestly, I, I didn't eat because I was nervous. Like, I didn't know what to expect. It was like a job interview, and I didn't want to mess it up. But yeah. I didn't know that he had already had his mind set on me. He just did that. He just took me out to eat to really get a sense for me and see what kind of person I was because that's what type of coach my coach was. He's more of a people person, and he wants to know how you're going to interact not more so off the court, but if, if you're going to be a troublemaker, it, it doesn't matter how talented you are. He's not going to recruit you. If, yeah. you're not, if you're not a big family guy, if you're not a big team guy and you're all about you, he's not going to recruit you. And so when we were talking and he was uh, asking me a lot of questions about C, uh, the College of Lake County, uh, just like I said earlier, I didn't say, uh, if you notice, I didn't say I won us our first playoff game. I said I was instrumental. So that's just the kind of person I am. Like, I understand that I didn't do that, even though I had the 30 points, even though I hit the game-winning layup. Like, I didn't score. I, I had 30 points, and we only had 64 maybe that game. So it's literally, I had almost 50% of our points. But I, I still wouldn't tell you that I won that game. I was instrumental in getting us that victory. And so he liked that about me. He liked my character. And he offered me a scholarship. And um, to be honest, like that was, I, I, I bugged him like the first, I actually I bugged him basically my whole two years there to, to make a copy of my, my uh, letter of intent so that I could frame it because it meant that much to me that I had a scholarship and I had a signing day and I had a letter of intent. All of that was so huge to me. 
to whereas other, you know, maybe Division One players, that's it's, it's like nothing to them. Yeah. That w- that was huge to me because it, it goes along with my story. You know, it helps my story. That's why, because you, you're motivated to get get that, and now you know feeling wanted by a college, and you know that definitely makes you feel even better because now you can just ball, now you can just ball. <laughs> exactly, and a funny side story is um, when I was in advisory, or some people might call it homeroom, my freshman year, our teacher. She had us write a letter to ourselves for senior year, and she would give it to us senior year to open it and read it. And what I wrote was that I wanted an athletic scholarship to be a Trojan. But what I meant was I wanted to be a USC Trojan. And it was funny how it turned out because Trinity is actually the Trojan. So it's like (laughs) – that and, and that's what I'm saying is like God's timing and God's plan. Like I'm gonna give you what you want, just not exactly how you want it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I and, and I feel like my story and my background makes me all the more special and makes my voice and my story all the more special because had I played high school basketball and been good and went to a division one you know that's it's 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 kind of like that's supposed to happen. You know, good players in high school, you're supposed to go Division One, and from Division One, you're supposed to go pro. That's supposed to happen. There's almost, and I don't want to down anyone in that position, but there's almost nothing special about that if 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 that's you know just your story. If there's no trials and tribulations that you go through, but for me, the things that I went through and the fact that I still made it. And the level that I made it to, that's why I think my story is so special. And that's what uh, was my that, – that was my idea behind making the docuseries. It's not because I wanted my life documented because I was doing – you know, because I'm such a, a huge person that should be noticed on what I'm doing is to, to show that story and what I came through and what I overcame. Yeah. Sorry, I, not what I came through, what I came from and what I overcame. I think that's – uh, you know, your docuseries is a, like an excellent idea. And for anyone that's listening out there, um, subscribe to King Henro on um, YouTube. And you can follow Henry on his uh, YouTube docu- docuseries. It's, I, I've watched, I'll be honest, I've watched a couple episodes and I, I really enjoyed it. You know, and you know, and you produced it all, right? Correct? Yourself? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the docuseries is called From No to Pro. And uh, that, <laughs> that, that title right there pretty much sums up what it's about uh so if you go on youtube and you type in henry french from no to pro the docuseries will pop up right now it's five episodes in i'm waiting for the next phase of my career so that i can add to it but uh it pretty much it covers everything except for it covers everything up until college and so i do have my pro film that i'm gonna break down in a couple uh just videos from uh just being uh, in other countries and being on different teams and stuff like that that i'm going to throw in so i'm not done with it yet there's going to be more episodes added but uh definitely like jeff said subscribe to king henro on uh youtube and be on the lookout for more uh videos on the docu series yes man and i, I you know i'm gonna watch i'm gonna finish watching it but i honestly like i love your story I see. This is thank you, thank you. I appreciate this, it so much. This is a story about grit, grind, and persistence, and um, 
of never giving up and always believing in yourself. And no matter when someone tells you no, you just keep going. And, you know, don't let anyone else direct you from your career. And, man, I, like, I literally had a smile from ear to ear just listening to you talk, like, hearing your story and where you came from. And, you know, even for me, just being a career person, in person in my career now and we've working on this podcast, it makes me want to work harder and grind harder because it just – Anything can happen. Yeah, and and I, and I don't know how you feel. You probably feel like you know getting these pro players on 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 your podcast. That's the big thing, and, and you probably feel appreciated by that. I actually was shocked that you wanted me on your podcast. So it's kind of like the uh, probably opposite feeling. Like I said, I don't know exactly how you feel, but for you to ask me to do a, the podcast again, it's 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 adding on because. Someone took interest in my career, in my life, and, and, you know, wanted to hear about it. And now it's going on a national stage. And so I, for sure, I'm going to share this podcast. Like I said, I, I told you, I did listen to um, your podcast with my friend, uh, Akeem Springs. It was a great one. I knew his story, but, you know, just to hear him talk about it, I love hearing him talk about it and how he overcame his injury and how he's still pushing it's just it's just great to hear because um, most people don't see what athletes go through. You know, you only see us in season and you might see our, our workouts. You might see us come to a gym near you or things like that, but you don't really know the depths of what we go through. And so just to hear people talk about what they went through in life and, you know, how they overcame those trials and tribulations, it's a beautiful thing. And so I think what you're doing with this podcast is great. And I hope that, you know, you're getting – I hope that you'll get to higher level – I don't want to say higher level talent, um, just just uh, higher level people who are going to get your podcast to, to greater channels and uh, avenues so that it, it, it's heard all over the world, man. I, I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Yeah, I was – like, I'll be honest, I was, I was psyched when you uh, messaged me back on LinkedIn when I reached out to you. I was pumped that I, was, <laughs> I had you coming on. I was like, yes, it's awesome. And, you know, like I've had a few guys on, you know, everyone has a different story and it's so interesting. Yeah. And I think everyone hears these stories of, you know, these division one athletes, they go pro right to the NBA, these top colleges, but we don't hear the other story of other guys of their trial and tribulations of how they grown and got to where they are. And it's always yeah. awesome to hear. Everyone has a different story, but they're always great stories. And, and, and that's why I, I want, and that was a, a thing why I wanted to do your podcast to, to let people know, I went Division Two NAIA, and I made it just as far as most of the guys who play Division One. Not everybody who plays Division One goes to the NBA. They go overseas and play professionally. I've made it to the same level as those guys, and I was about two levels under them in college. And I don't have a high school background. So it's not about what you've done or where you've been. It's about, you know, what are you going to do now to get to where you want to go? Right. That's very, that's so true. And you know what? We'll, I think I will end on those words right there, Henry, because I know you got to go to a workout too, right? Soon. Uh, I have to coach in about two hours, uh, but oh. it's, a, it's about an hour away. Oh, it's about an hour. Yeah. So I'll let you, I'll let you go so you can make your coaching. What, what age do you coach? Um, I coach sixth grade, but we have all of our players practice at the same time and we just put them through stations. And so, um, I, I feel like it's a good thing because the sixth graders, they're able to actually watch how the high school varsity players train. And the high school varsity players are able to see the sixth graders and remember that they were in those steps 
and the kind of work that they took to get to where they are. And we coach them as well. We're professionals. And so they kind of have that, I want to get to where you are. I'm going to listen to you and what you have to tell me. So it's it's a beautiful thing. And uh, it's kind of my favorite thing to do is is just to give back and, and watch people grow. And so well, I, I'm, I'm glad that you're with today's future, man, because with your heart and dedication, you definitely can give them a lot of inspiration. That's the goal, man. All right. Well, I, I appreciate you, Henry. I appreciate you coming on, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. And we'll definitely be in touch. I'd love to have you back on again. Uh, I would love to be back on, Jeff. Uh, you take care, man. All right. You take it easy. All right. Bye-bye. All right, that was part one of Henry French's story. Part two will be coming out on Thursday. Awesome interview again with Henry. I really enjoyed talking to him both times. Um, a lot of fun. He's just a great, great guy overall. And just someone that, you know, is a motivation. And for all those that are listening out there, this is pure motivation for you guys. I had mentioned before in um, the interview that if you want to see his documentary, go to YouTube, subscribe to King Henro. Awesome, awesome documentary by him i really enjoyed it especially he put himself together which is great um but i really highly suggest you guys watch that as well too um i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and we will see you thursday for henry french part two